Man, that song just always gets me pumped up. I love it. it it's it's got this mysterious, you know, spooky vibe to it. But man, there's just something. Oh, just especially that drum fill. There was something in the air last night. Let me tell you what. Uh, yeah, it was called uh, frigid temperature. Is what it was called. Wow. Uh, News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. It's the Pensacola Expert Panel. And uh, you know, when it comes to experts, when indoor air quality is affecting your life, uh, you want to call the experts at Gulf Coast Air Care. Check them out. GulfCoastAirCare.com. Look them up on Facebook, uh, or just give them a call. Um, best number to reach them is 934-2768. They're right there in Gulf Breeze. I got the owner with me in the studio this morning, Todd St. Ors. How you doing this morning? Good morning, Jake. I'm doing great. Yeah. Doing good. Yeah, it is cold, man. What is it? Uh, what was it, 27 or 29 the last time we uh, looked? You know, I got a fancy thermostat at my house, so I can monitor wh- exactly what it is when I go out to get my truck going. So yeah. It was 27 when I 27. left Gulf just a little wow. bit ago. Wow. So. Which, you know, I've seen lower, but you, you have concerns about, you know, indoor air quality that are different from mm. our regular standard kind of the way we operate in the Gulf Coast. Right. The humidity drops way down when we get to this cold weather. So it's it's not nearly as humid, but, um, it you know, it can still affect you. That heater, uh, everybody's heater got checked out and turned mm-hmm. on and verified that it's working last night right so yeah, it's time for the uh the hvac seasonal checkups to start right absolutely you know that that it'll be uh just a, another month or two right around the corner and we'll be headed for that long air conditioning season mm-hmm. that lasts six or eight months and uh so that's one of the things that you need to think about and and according to it's not just gulf coast air care saying it but according to the national air duct cleaners association and the uh, the ASHRAE guy, you know, people that write standards for HVAC, you should have an inspection done once a year at a minimum. Mm. And, uh, you know, here to prepare for our uh, long season, the season that's hardest on our, our, our bodies, our homes, and our HVAC equipment, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's that spring checkup and all that. So that's right around the corner. It's hard to talk about that when it's uh, 27 degrees Right, outside. yeah. It just happened to be this day when it, where it's just so freezing cold. So, But, right. but I, I'm, I'm glad I was going over the bridge this morning, and I did see some patches where it looked like it could have been slick. I did. I saw that, too. I was like, yeah. I wonder if that's ice there or whatever. Yeah, so I didn't test it. It's, I, it's, I, just, uh, I let it be. You know, traveling. Yeah, we we have uh, we're off for a cold day today. So, uh, but yeah. if we can help you, call us eight five zero nine three four two seven six eight. That's the phone number, and uh, we'll be happy to you know help you with whatever questions or concerns you have, as far as you know. I think oftentimes one of the things we get is we don't have even temperatures. You know, so mm-hmm. we uh, we get rooms that are not warm enough, especially when it gets this cold. And oftentimes, a, a majority of the times, if the house is temperate, but it's not balanced correctly, you know, you don't have the right, that's a duct issue. Mm. And those duct issues, that's our strength. That's what we've been doing for the last 30 years is duct cleaning, uh, duct repair. We do redesign. We can do balance. We can do duct sealing. Mm. If you need a duct system, we can help you with that. And, you know, that's part of the thing, Jake, that it's out of sight, out of mind, because the biggest majority of the houses here, the duct is in the attic. Right. And if you don't, if you're not looking at it on a regular basis, not everybody elects to venture into their attic. Right. And you you could have a a critter that ate through the duct work, (laughs) and now, you know, there's a gaping hole there. Uh, They're seeking warm spaces this morning. So, you know, they're creatures of habit, too. They'll go in there and nibble. 
burrow into that insulation and then mm-hmm. you've got uh, you know another complication from you know all the virus and all the pestilence that the pests oh, carry yes. with them mm-hmm. you know you've got uh, the junta virus is is a bad one that comes from rats and squirrels and right. uh, you know just those kinds of things and so you need somebody that's willing to get up in the attic do an inspection see what you got going on do an evaluation and you know i i kind of I have taught my guys and tried to teach the general public that you want to look at the house as a, as a system and not just the vent or the duct or the air conditioner. You want to look at the whole house as a system. So it involves the insulation levels, you know, how you live and operate in the house and, um, the, the building envelope comes into play. Insulation comes into play. So there's a lot of factors, you know, I always do this equation thing. You know, like when you start changing one thing on one side of the equation, what's going to happen on the other side of the equation? Mm. And to get a healthy, energy-efficient, comfortable home, you have to look at the whole house as a system and the whole situation with, with that equation mindset. Mm. So That uh, brings me to a question that just popped in my head as soon as you said that. So say somebody, you know, wants to seal their home, you know, as efficiently as possible to keep their their energy costs down and to keep the, the cool air in or the, the warm air in, depending on the time of, right. of year. Um, and then they seal it so well that air can't really get out or in. I mean, you're, you're sealed up pretty good. What are the sort of negative effects from doing that? You start out trying to get a positive result from something, and then, you know, you get that negative. Uh, uh, so what, what can happen if you seal it too well? Yeah, you know, if you get a house that's too tight, and that is the exception and not the norm. Mm. But if you get a house that's too tight, it doesn't ventilate correctly. And, um, you know, you have to have a certain amount of mechanical ventilation Oftentimes, you know, the house just gets ventilated with in and out traffic. When you open the front door and go mm. in and out, you bring in the groceries, you know, the kids run in and out, however, right. you let the dogs in and out, <clears throat> you get a, a certain exchange of airflow, especially if the air conditioner's working, it's pulling airflow to the return. So you get that influx of air coming in. So um, the other thing that, so we, we talk about HVAC. So the V in HVAC is ventilation. And oftentimes that happens with bath fans. You know, and, and we do a lot of bath fans, and, and bath fans are a big part of ventilating humid, moist air out of the house. Mm. So if you get uh, a house that's too tight, because like right now, you want a really tight house this morning with this cold weather like mm-hmm. this. If it's too tight, you don't get air exchange, and then you get stale, you'll get carbon dioxide buildup. So the house just, it's not fresh. It feels stale, and you get situations where, you know, you, you can have a, a moisture buildup, you know, it's humid here all year long. Now, when we get to this cold weather, the humidity drops because of the air density. Mm-hmm. But um, if, if you have a building that's too tight, um, you can have some pretty negative effects on, on uh, indoor air quality and the occupants, the comfort, the health of the building. Mm-hmm. Um, and you want to have that air exchange. But that is an exception, and it's not necessarily the norm. We do blower door testing, and when we test a house, we'll just put it under negative pressure. So we start, we set up this apparatus. It's a big red panel. We set it up on the door with a fan in it, and we measure the amount of airflow that's going out. And when you start sucking on a house and pushing the airflow outside, it, the airflow leaks back in to fill the house up, mm. kind of like a balloon, you know. And, uh, one of the things that happens is you get a measurement of how much ventilation, what's the rate of, of air exchange in that house. So 
there are sophisticated and um, uh, uh, new ways to, to test um, ventilation and, and uh, exchange rates and all that sort of thing. So, And that's one of our diagnostic tools that we've been using. We signed into this program in 2007 with the Comfort Institute. Hmm. We had extensive training in, um, you know, how to measure houses. And uh, for people that don't know, you know, I heard Christina Leavenworth earlier on the early segment. um, New construction now requires that you test the house to see how energy efficient it is before you can ever move in. And, you know, it's the state of Florida wanting to say that, hey, we build energy efficient houses and new construction here. Mm-hmm. And we use that blower door, that infiltrometer to uh, set that test up and give those test results so that people know when they move into new construction that they have an energy efficient house that's uh, built to specification and it has uh, the right amount of airflow going in and out. What'd you say? An infiltrometer? That's the official scientific oh, wow. name of okay. the blower door. All right, is the infiltrometer. So. Infiltrometer. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and last time we learned uh, more about hygrometers. Right. Uh, so, and, a lot of uh, meters in our business. Exactly. So. Lots of stuff to learn. <laughs> and uh, if you want to learn a little bit more about your HVAC system and things that you should do in this season, uh, check out Air Notes. Uh, go to GulfCoastAirCare.com and sign up for their Air Notes newsletter. And uh, you've got you know stuff on here about uh, chemistry and and science and and thermodynamics. And I mean, you're this. Hey, but let's not overlook the funny bone. The funny bone. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I I love this one. A fine is a tax for doing wrong. A tax is a fine for doing well. That is so I'm going to let Andrew read that one. That's great. (laughs) If you've got questions for Todd St. Ors this morning, let us know. 437-1620. It's the Pensacola expert panel. We're talking with Gulf Coast Air Care. Uh, can you feel it? It was definitely in the air last night. Wow, it's definitely. cold. Things are changing. Kick those heaters on. When I got in the studio this morning, actually, I smelled that burning dust smell right. from from the coals. It was very strong. So, and, and you know, by the time you get this far into winter, we've had a bunch of cycles on the heater. Mm. So you, there's two different odors or two different fragrances, aromas, uh, smells. Mm-hmm. And so one Stitches. of them is if you got a dirty heater coil or a mm-hmm. dirty uh, air conditioner, it hasn't been cleaned. When you go to heat and you get to that emergency strip heat where that uh, auxiliary, you know, the heat pump, there's not enough heat outside to pump that heat indoors. That's right. where the heat pump works. In the summertime, it takes heat from in the house and dumps it outside. So right now it's so cold that there's not enough ambient heat outdoors to uh, pull that in here. So the emergency strip heat comes on. And basically that in an electric system, that is like a giant toaster element. So it comes on, it glows orange. And when that thing heats up, because it's metallic, you'll get this weird sensation or this weird odor from uh, that thing heating up. And I can assure you that everybody's heat strip probably kicked on. Like, it depends on how you have your thermostat set. Right. You know, if you tough it out, if you're up in, from the, uh, the upper Midwest or out in the mountains out West where it gets cold, you know, people don't. I had my house set at 68 last night, you know, and we just toughed it out. But right. that that's kind of what the old government standard used to say, keep your winter setting at 68. Hmm. Um, anyways, uh, but you'll get, you'll get some debris burning off when that heater kicks on, or you'll get that odor of that heater element just kind of right. heating up, and it just smells different when you, you know, electrify that heat strip, and mm-hmm. it, it heats up and it gets glowing orange. So... And then, uh, you know, I, I was going to say, if you don't want to air out your dirty laundry with a question here, 
you can call us at the office, 850-934-2768. Send an email to info at gulfcoastaircare.com. And speaking of laundry, we do a lot of dryer vents. Right. You know, and that's one of the part, we were talking about ventilation just a few minutes ago. So the, the dryer, you know, if you can imagine, and people don't really think of this, but the dryer pulls a bunch of airflow out of the laundry room, pushes it through the dryer, heats it up, dries the clothes and dumps it out through the dryer vent. Oh. So on average, uh, the, uh, most dryers um, use about 150 cubic foot per minute of airflow. So what that is, a cubic foot per minute is about the amount of air in a basketball. Oh, okay. So if you're if you're running your dryer, you're sucking 150 basketballs of air out of your laundry room and that end of the house, maybe near the kitchen, near the garage. Um, you're sucking that out through the appliance and pushing it out through the dryer vent. So that vent needs to be clean. <clears throat> that appliance needs to be functioning properly, and then you also want to consider like. You know, my suck. Where, where's all this airflow coming from? That's coming from a dryer vent. Is it f- coming from a freezing cold, saturated garage? Mm. Is there a garage with uh, carbon dioxide in it and chemicals, fuels, paints, all kinds of stuff that's inside the um, the garage space that's stored out there, and it's not necessarily uh, pleasant or good for you to breathe. And and so if you've got that negative pressure at the uh, I'm using my house as an example. My laundry room is directly adjacent to the door out to, to the garage. Right. So um, at that end of the house, we know that we're getting um, airflow that's probably migrating through some of that space. Hmm. And so I uh, never thought about, you know, a, a lot of homes, especially up in Tennessee where I'm from, a lot of people put their washer and dryer in the garage. Right. And I didn't think that's pulling all that air from there to heat your clothes. Right. So that could be why, you know, you run a couple cycles and they still, <laughs> they're not dry. And if they are, they smell kind of weird. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, you, if you're trying to dry, you know, and pull that cold air into your dryer this morning, it's going to take an extra load to do that. Yeah. And if the dryer vent's got a bunch of lint in it, because the lint gets in the lint trap, but then it uh, inevitably gets through, it gets in the hose that goes between the appliance and the vent to the house. And then depending on how it's vented outside, we see a lot of them the trend seems to be, and I don't like the trend, but it seems to be that we're ventilating a lot of attic vents to the roof. Hmm. So, and what that ends up making us have to do is get up in the attic and we, sometimes we'll get on a roof and, and check the bird screens and all that. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we disconnect that vent that's connected to that roof jack on the attic and clean from there. Hmm. So, but every, everywhere you have a 90 degree turn in that dryer vent, it's just like regular air ducts. Um, you get a restriction, you get some buildup of lint in a dryer vent. And that's one of the things that we can help you with as far as, um, you know, those little tweaks. Um, if you've never had your, uh, I, I've been in business 30 years and I'm surprised how many people have never had their ductwork cleaned. Right. It's like, you know, we explain the process. We've been doing that um, kind of as an educational platform and, and sharing with people how the process works. We come in, we put drop cloths down, we take the registers down, we put the system under negative pressure we run the tools through and do a source removal vacuum process. But there's a lot of people that have never had that done. And I'm hmm. like, wow, I, I just, uh, that's like wearing a face mask for a year and never washing it. <laughs> that's all. Well, and it, you know, it's, it's foreign to me to think that you hadn't considered or you hadn't looked in your air conditioner and, you know, good filtration is a, a, a thing that helps you keep from having to get 
your air conditioner cleaned, but you right. certainly want to have that inspection. You know what I always say about air filters. Uh, if you don't you, have a good air filter, you are one. There you go. So, hey. if you have questions this morning, let us know. Four three seven sixteen twenty. You're listening to the Pensacola Expert Panel right here on News Radio ninety two three, informative, local, dependable. Sitting here with Todd Saint Ors from Gulf Coast Air Care. Check them out online, gulfcoastaircare.com. Give them a call nine three four twenty seven sixty eight. They're over on McClure Drive in uh, in Gulf Breeze, right over by the Publix. So right. Yeah. Out there in proper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I noticed the other day when I was walking around my apartment complex going to the trash uh, receptacle there that a lot of the dryer vents down by the floor there on the on the breezeway had little pieces of lint. Yeah, you can see the lint coming yeah, out. Yeah, you can see like a pool of water almost. Like it's just, you can tell it's really wet there. And then there's like wet lint all around <laughs> that. So that's definitely a bad sign. That stuff right? gets like paper mache or oh, like yeah. cement. You know, you yeah. get that damp clothes, you get that mm-hmm. lint that dries in there and then it just makes a crust. We have some really aggressive tools that we have to use on occasion mm. uh, to get that lint out of the dryer vent. So if we yeah. can help you with a dryer vent cleaning, yeah, call us. Because that's, that's at the office, and that's we'll, definitely a bad uh, fire yeah. hazard. So, so we we used a, a similar type of uh, tools, pneumatic tools or air tools, uh, to do the duct cleaning, and we call that I mentioned it source removal vacuuming. So basically, we want to get a, an agitation and an air wash with the appropriate tools so that it cleans the inside of the duct surface, but it won't damage the inside of the duct surface as well. Because a lot of the duct the modern day duct now is it's all fiberglass. So it's compressed fiberglass board. It's called duct board. It comes in sheet goods and, uh, it's durable, but it can get, uh, frail or brittle, at, you know, as it ages. Mm-hmm. And then you get that slinky tube looking stuff. It's called flex duct yeah. and you have to have the right tools. Uh, when I first started 30 years ago, I was making my own tools. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't find the appropriate tools to clean the duct like we had because, yeah. A lot of the commercial stuff and a lot of the older home stock was all made out of metal ducts. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you can scour that with a brush and, you know, run a really aggressive tool through there. Right. And then over the period of time that we've been in business, there are, there's been an evolution in the, in the indoor air quality or mechanical hygiene business. Right. And that's basically what we do. We do mechanical hygiene. So, yeah. and you've uh, been in this business for 30 years. So yeah, you've seen yeah, this whole absolutely. industry it's shape and change. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting ready. Uh, you know, we do our annual training in our the National Air Duct Cleaners Association. Mm-hmm. We have an annual meeting every year, and we do recertification, continuing education training. And you have to maintain, uh, you know, my guys that are certified, we all have to do continuing education every year to maintain our certifications. Um, and so that's coming up here in March. Um, I'm anticipating and planning for that trip this year. Um and going, you know, and then you, you meet a lot of people that are in the indoor air quality business, but they work in different locations all throughout the country, actually throughout the world, because the National Air Duct Cleaners Association is an international, I mean, we have people that work in the Middle East, we have a big mm. contingent in Australia, in in uh, the UK, in Italy, wow. uh, in, in Scandinavian countries, because they all have conditioned spaces and so it's interesting to get their perspective on how they operate in their ports, parts of the world and their weather patterns and their indoor air quality issues. And, you know, the government will kind of weigh in or, or set standards or, you know, kind of determine what's best for, a, a you know, public access buildings. Mm. And then through building code and all that, you get the, the private sector is kind of, you know, there's a set of guidelines or rules or recommendations for 
good indoor air quality. And maintenance is one of them. You've got to have the ductwork cleaned. You need to have an inspection every year. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to have the HVAC. It all starts in the air conditioner, and it builds up from there, and then it spreads. Right. So that's the most important part of the duct cleaning project is the the air handler, the evaporator coil, looking at that blower fan or squirrel cage, what we call it. We're getting all of our terms out here today, the infiltrometers right. and squirrel cages. yeah. So we got two ends of the spectrum yeah. there, so <laughs> and, the hamster wheel. Yeah, and I always love talking about the UV light um, technology that's come out recently that really helps clean your air quality. Um, There's I, a huge movement in ultraviolet treatment, and that's mm-hmm. because in our climate it's humid, and w- we end up with a lot of humidity that leads to a lot of microbial growth and you know, microbial issues, you get mold growing. Mm -hmm. So to, to put ultraviolet light, basically, uh, ultraviolet is, is divided up in A, B, and C. A and B is what gives you sunburn at the beach. The C band of UV light is a short light band wavelength and it kills, uh, microbial growth on a cellular level. So Mm. we put that UVC emitter close to the coil in the air conditioning system it irradiates down through there and kills that stuff before it gets a chance to grow and spread through the ductwork and then make your house into an un, unhealthy or, you know, um, uncomfortable home as mm-hmm. a result of breathing concerns, health issues, uh, you know, microbial issues, that sort of thing. So. I would think in our more, um, you know, humid climates and places around the world that this light technology is only, only going to grow and, and expand to everybody. Absolutely. Home. And, you know, because it's humid here, we get more microbial growth. And so that's why we see generally more ultraviolet light applications. And I talk to people all the time. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. You know, and so we explain to them what, what we're doing, the application. And there are right and wrong ways to do ultraviolet light. So, um, you know, before you, before you um, pull the trigger on that, make sure that you're dealing with somebody that's competent and knows what they're doing. Yes, so. give them a call today. check them out online gulfcoastaircare.com I've had the owner in here this morning Todd St. Ors. it's always great to have you in here buddy great to see you Uh, and uh, you know if you're wondering about your HVAC system you know it's getting colder out there you need an inspection give them a call no pressure they will be there they're professional gulfcoastaircare.com you're listening to News Radio 92.3 WNRP Golf Breeze Milton Pensacola